We're pleased to bring you this presentation from the 2010 Messiah Conference held in Grantham, Pennsylvania, recorded live by Mana Recording and Duplication. Love you, Father. We thank you, Father, that we can call on you all the time. We thank you, Father, that we can call on you for the stupidest things. And you listen. And you take care of these things while you're juggling galaxies at the same time. And you are so amazing, Adonai, because when we are speaking to you, when we cry out to you, not only are you juggling galaxies, but you are having a conversation with us on that day, a conversation with us the day before when we spoke to you, and a conversation with us when we've matured into the image of your son at the same time. And you seem to be unmoved or unimpressed or uncaring about how we see ourselves today because you don't see us today. You see us in the fullness of what you created. And you've seen us that way before the foundation of the world. And so, Father, what an awesome thing that we can truly enter into Shabbat rest at any moment that we're awakened to this revelation, Adonai, because when we're awakened to this revelation, we stop trying to be right with you, and we allow the Son in us to be right with the Father. And you look at the Son in us, and you say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And we say, Wait a minute. What do I have to do with this equation? And you say, I am that I am. And I refuse to allow my word to return to me void until it has gone forth to do what I sent it forth to do. And last time I checked, I sent out my word to become flesh. And as long as you're flesh without my word, I will not rest. So we thank you, Father, that somehow you figured out a way to get flesh into this place. But this flesh carried something with it. It carried the spirit of your son into this place. And so this afternoon, this morning, this evening, we thank you, Father, that we're not here to minister on to humans we're here to minister to the spirit of the living God that has impregnated these humans and is screaming and groaning. It's just trying to push. It's trying to be birthed. Some of us have been having a lot of 
spiritual intercourse. But we have left on the religious birth control. And so we're having a good time. But nothing is being birthed. So Father, we've had a good time and it's great, but you know what? I think we're a little tired of having a good time. I'm not interested in having a good time. That's great, that's great, that's great. But as every mother and father knows in this place, that good time is supposed to result in very strange things to come, like suddenly you have this craving for ice cream and <laughs> salt and vinegar chips at the same time <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning. And amazingly, this, this, this attraction that led us to, to be attra attracted to have a good time, you start to lose that, that shape. And you begin to realize that having a good time was not a nice way of tricking you <laughs> into becoming impregnated with a thing that the angels gather around to watch and see come alive again and again and again and again and again. And not just the angels, but it is written somewhere that the fullness expectation of the creature, all of creation, groans, longs to see the manifestation, the birth, the awakening of the sons of God. You'll have to forgive me for getting a little carried away. I forgot to give you a brief disclaimer. <laughs> but you know what? It's too late. I'm glad there was a play called Clean Sheet. I didn't go see it, but I heard that it was rated something. So I'm glad there's ratings around here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we bless your name. <clears throat> okay, we've entered into a vortex of time. We're no longer in our own time. If you're hungry, stick around and eat. If your body is hungry, tell that thing, listen, listen, shut your mouth. 
because there's something inside of me starving. And I'm sick and tired of feeding you. Because you will accomplish nothing. But the one within me who is starving is eternal. And he doesn't starve because he dies if he doesn't eat. He starves because he longs to stretch himself and grow and take over this thing. Amen. He doesn't need to eat. He eats so that he can take over this thing, this vessel that we're made out of. And so um, uh, the small disclaimer is simple. I like to remind the children of the living God where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty. We are children of God and at some point we've lost the understanding of freedom. And so we walk into a place like this and we says, oh, I set my rear end on a chair now with this glass. Doesn't sound good. How am I going to get out of here? <laughs> oh, that was funny. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're a child of God. You're free to come. You're free to go. You got here at the time that Adonai appointed for you to get here. You will leave exactly at the time that Adonai appointed you to leave. This is why I requested to have this hearing at this time because, I don't know, I'm sure by sometime tomorrow before the Torah portion, I'll probably <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but we are free. We are free. Um, and I really want to give you the opportunity to ex exercise this freedom. This is a little bit of a difficult thing to do. Uh, especially because it's being recorded. So the people in the recording are like, wah, 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 I don't get it, what's going on? Okay. I would like to give you 60 seconds. That was really awesome. What was that? It was like a cricket. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, I hear a cricket. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, thank you, Adonai. <laughs> okay, we'll try this again. I'm going to give you uh, 60 seconds. I'll tell you why I'm going to give you 60 seconds. We hear in part, it is possible that you heard incorrectly when you thought you were supposed to come to this class. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds to close your eyes and ask Adonai, am I really supposed to be in here? And I cannot be held responsible for what happens to you if you decide to stay. <laughs> Don't blame me. Not my fault you can't hear right. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm playing, but I am not playing. I don't have a watch. I need a watch. Someone give me a watch. Quiet time. Okay. Thank you.
Thank you, Father. <clears throat> okay. Zafnaf Panea. The unveiling. Salvation. Of the children of Israel. <laughs> I had a funny thing happen. You know, um, I was really excited when the, the folks from the conference called me up and said, we'd like to invite you to come and speak the Messiah Conference, first thing I thought to myself, are you out of your mind? <laughs> now that's a lot of faith right there. And, um, and they asked me for a topic, and I was like, topic? I have no idea. And so later on, I had an email, and, 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 and there was a question. I thought it was just a person saying, uh, Rabbi Peter, I'd like to know what the topic is of, the, uh, of what you're going to be speaking. And my reply was, well, you know what? I have absolutely no clue what the topic is going to be, but I'm going to tell you something for sure. Whatever the topic is, it doesn't matter. It may have many beginnings, but it's going to have one end. And the person replied back, oh, no, 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 th this, this is the folks from the conference. We were just trying to figure out what you're going to preach. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot, I, I let it out. I let it out of the back. I could be preaching about toilets. And in the end, <laughs> it's going to end up in the same place. <laughs> because God looks at us, and he looks at his creation, and he looks at everything that he has done. And, and he's taking the time to manip ma ma manipulate and change and form and, and, and lift up and cast out into the heavens. And, and he's been amazing. He's done amazing way. He, he takes galaxies and he causes them to collide into each other so just so that he can watch them dance in the heavens. And he's seen all these things. He, he takes atoms and he juggles them constantly in his hands. He's doing all these things. And in all of creation, all of creation, there's one thing that catches his eye. And it is the face, the smile, the eyes, the hands, the feet of Yeshua. The one that has no beginning, no end. The one who comes as word, as rock, as lily, as bright and morning star. The one who comes as lion, as lamb. The one who comes as rock, as water, as blood, as oil. And the father looks at his son and he says, I will not be satisfied until I place on this earth the glory of my son. And I multiply it so that the whole earth will be filled with my glory. And so, in my heart, I feel a stirring to share with you the story of Joseph in a way that something inside of you has never heard before. You have read the story and you're familiar with the story. I've read the story. I'm familiar with the story. But today, I am not telling the story. The Spirit of the living God in me is telling the story to the Spirit of the living God in you that you may hear it in a way you've never heard before. That this story 
will transcend and change and transform because you have to understand something about her God. His name is I am. So the book is not the stories of I was. (laughs) The book is not a story about I will be. The book from cover to cover is the story of I am now and something in this story, something in the book has nothing to do with what it was but it has everything to do with who is Afnaf Panea now because we serve I am not I was. Here we go. Now that we're all confused. Are we here? I don't know where we are. (laughs) Oh, Adonai, we love you, Father, because you are the creator of time, and yet you are not bound by time. You bounce in and out of time at the same time. It's amazing how you watch the children of Israel bringing the lamb inside the house to be slain as Yeshua is coming in a donkey. The same time in your time. You're watching it at the same time. In your windows of time, it's all happening at the same time. This is why we join on the festivals of the Lord because to you, you see all your generations celebrating it at the same time. You're there with Moses. You're here with us. Oh, I don't I deliver us from human headaches. <laughs> we love you, Father. Zafnaf Panea. In our humanness, we know the story and we relate to the story. You know why we relate to the story? Because every single one of us in here has got this complex that, you know what? I'd be doing just fine if it wasn't. We're not going to mention any names. I don't want to be accused of Lashan Hara. You know what the funny thing is? When we say, I'd be doing just well if it wasn't for that, but I'm, gonna mention, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to be accused of Lashan Hara. You don't understand. You're speaking Lashan Hara against God because God is aware of where you are and why you're there and who has done what to you and he who has the ability to cause the cosmos to float and fly and he has the ability to make a king fall down to his knees and rise a king up and he has the ability to do whatever he wants to do and he has allowed you to be in the place you are so you're not speaking against the person who's done you harm you're speaking against God who's watching everything you do So we understand and we relate to this story. Why do we relate to this story? Because we all, every single one in here, if you're in here, chances are you have this thing inside of you that you you have the sense that you're a special child. You're special. You're set apart. I understand that because you know why? Because your Father in Heaven before the foundation of the world set you apart. So this is embedded into your DNA. You feel it. You feel it. So as a child, you're like, you know, you know people push you away and you're like, I'm being pushed away, but I'm special. I'm special. You know, even in the fairy tale stories, there's always this, this, this story about the, you know, the Cinderella. It's like, you know, your, your life really stinks. 
but that's because you're special. And someday, And, and in a sense, we relate to the story. Why do we relate to We relate to the story because, because it, it, it gives us a little sense of comfort that everything is messed up, but someday, someday you're shit. Someday you're prince. You understand what I'm saying? Someday, someday... And then you accepted Yeshua as your Savior, and you had this amazing moment. I mean, there's the whole, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You have that moment, and everything is changed and transformed. And it, 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 it's, it's this, okay, I have to say, it's like a divine orgasmic experience. You know what I'm saying? If you're like, oh, why did you say you haven't experienced it yet? Because it's not, it's something out of this world. It is the most pure thing. Like it completely dominates you. And you're free. I mean, it's the craziest thing. And you're undone. And he plants that seed inside of you. And, 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 and oh, if only people could just leave you alone. You'd be fine. <laughs> oh, I do not. Leave me alone. I'm you know, we, we ought to have a, a, a new movement. Leave me alone. I'm pregnant. It's, 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 a, leave me alone. I'm pregnant. I'm a child. <laughs> that would help. Well, you need to be discipled. Not now. Give me nine months, for goodness sake. i got to get this thing. Because people don't leave you alone. We have children of God who are impregnated by the seed. The anointed one of Israel. Well, I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years. <laughs> Jerk. Oh, no, you haven't. I just punched you in the head and you got upset about that. What happened? You mean in 30 years that thing that impregnated you hasn't matured yet? You should be hanging on a tree by now. What's going on? What were you impregnated with? Religion? That thing is dead. Rev Shaul figure this one out. For me to live is. Oh no, that's blasphemy. Hmm. Oh, it's only blasphemy if a human says it. But when he said it, it wasn't him saying it. It was the spirit of Messiah in him saying it. For me to live is Christ. No human can say that. Only the spirit of the Son in us can say that. So the problem goes back. The problem is everybody else. We're special and people just don't leave us alone. Oh, my brothers, my sisters, the Lord has given me a vision. Oh, it was so beautiful. It came from Adonai. I know it did. We were on the field gathering sheaves. I, I, oh, 
I felt the anointing. Just telling the dream, I feel it. Can you feel it? His brothers are sweaty. They're like, this guy doesn't come out on the field with us. He's daddy's little boy because he was born to the pretty one. We're out here slaving. Our rear ends off. And he wants to come and tell us about a dream. What is this dream? You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. It's beautiful. We had our sheaves up of wheat. Wrapped them up. And then, supernaturally, it wasn't the wind because they would have all fallen in one direction. They all fell to the center. And my sheaf was like this. And yours was like this. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Baruch Hashem! <laughs> and you can just see, you can just see this kid all alone in the middle of the field like, ready to go. And they're chucking them the bird as they're walking away. Well, they didn't do that back then. <laughs> do you see it? And the funny thing is, is if any one of us was the brothers, we would have done exactly the same thing. Not a single one of us would have said, oh, tell me more. been praying for an encounter with the Lord you done got yourself a vision I want to hear another one <laughs> why because in our humanness our flesh couldn't care less about somebody else's vision especially if their vision causes them to think that they're higher we're lower we're going to bow down to them you out of your mind Nights go by and you know, Adonai is so good. He gives you a better vision. Because he forgot to show you in the first vision that not only with the brothers bow down to you, but that your parents are going to bow down to you. He forgot to tell you about the moon and the sun and all that. And so Joseph comes running out and says, guys, guys, whoa, 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 whoa. I know why you're upset. I got more revelation. And he proceeds to tell them the addition. And this time, even his dad said, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I like you. I give you the coat and all because you remind me that God has blessed me. He has blessed me because he's given me a son through the woman I fell in love with before I got scammed into marrying someone else. <laughs> and you're special because if you would have been born to lay up, you would just be out there sweating like the other ones. So you're special, but not because there's something about you that's special. It's that my hot-looking wife gave me you and I'm in love with you because I'm really in love with her. So easy on the dreams. 
And you can only imagine this kid like, I, I don't get it. How did I, what are you doing to me? Why would you tell me these things? You know, my dad actually does make a good point. There's nothing special about me. And you know the story, you know, he's taken and, and they take him and it comes to me, hey guys, shalom, shalom. They pick him up and they get ready to kill him. They throw him into a well and I mean, his life really, 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 this is why we relate to Joseph's story because we all have these things in us. Uh, how do I know this? How do I know this? It, you wouldn't have accepted the Lord if your life was perfectly fine. <laughs> there were things that were not fine. And someone says, well, if you want your life to be fine, accept the Lord. So you accepted the Lord. You got tricked in because sometimes your life is a million times worse. <laughs> But it's too late. You can't do anything about it. So, so, so no matter how you look at it, things are tough. <laughs> things are tough. I mean, it's, you know, it's a blessing that Adonai causes us to laugh. Usually causes us to laugh when he's getting ready to cause us to weep. So let's laugh. <laughs> because he has... Something, a message in this story that, that he called you here to listen to. Because we relate to the part of the story where everything went wrong. And, 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 and you know, we, we, see, we see Joseph and, and he's, he's, he, he, uh, you know, he gets thrown in the well. Then he gets sold. The Midianites come and they sell him. And he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Then he ends up in, in Potiphar's. I mean, you know the story. You know what I'm saying? Like your head... This is good because we're working with your head and your spirit because your spirit understands the story in a completely different under way. But your head sort of remembers, you know, the story, the, the, the thing, you know. He goes, he goes to Potiphar's place, you know what I mean? He's getting garments, they're getting ripped off of him. An amazing revelation and now, you know, his father gives him a coat, gets ripped off of him. Then he's walking around with a coat. Potiphar's, you know, extra libido wife grabs him, takes that coat off of him. Everybody's putting coats on him, taking coats off of him. Putting coats on him. But something is happening throughout his life. See, we have the ability to watch the story from the outside and read it in, 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 a, in a you know short period of time. But he doesn't have the ability to see his life through a short period of time. He's experiencing what to him is, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know what happened. All I know is one minute God was giving me dreams. Next minute, I'm in Egypt and, and I am being accused of things that I didn't do. What is happening to me? And Adonai is allowing all this to happen. And one of the priority reasons why he's allowing this to happen is because Adonai needs to erase from Joseph what he thinks God promised him. You see, God promises you a thing. And in your mind, you're like, oh, okay, well, this means this. And Adonai says, okay, now I'm going to have to kill what you think because my promise is greater than what you could possibly ever imagine. This is why he says to, uh, to uh, Abraham, you know, a few generations before, you know, I'm going to give you a son of the promise. Boom, he comes out. Wow, Baruch Hashem, son of the promise. Bring him up and kill him. What? What do you mean? You don't understand. If God wouldn't have told him to bring that child up to the mountain to kill him forever, forever, Abraham would have thought 
that the seed, the holy seed, would have been this one person, and he was not the person. The holy seed came through that person, on through the lines, until he manifested himself perfectly in Yeshua many years later. So at night, gives us a promise. We had this whole great idea of what we think the promise means. And Adonai spends the rest of our lives destroying <laughs> what we think so that he can manifest so that he can manifest what he intended when he first spoke the dream and the promise to you. So Joseph has no idea what's going on. But one thing is sure. I don't know, maybe possibly 12, 13 years. It's a long time. It's a long time. And he just seemed to go back to what he knew. But he suffered much. And we relate to that. And in fact, you know, with, with partial revelation, we even understand the similarities between the story and how Joseph, you know, is, is, is a shadow of the Messiah. You know, he's 30. There's a thing about him being 30 years of age. There's a thing about, you know, him being, uh, you know, uh, sold off for money. There's, there's this whole thing, you know, you know, uh, you know, being placed eventually in second in command to Pharaoh, you know, which in that case would, would sort of represent, you know, the Almighty is denied of the Father, you know, and he would be second. There's all these connections. But there is one connection that we have missed. And this is why Adonai needed to bring Joseph through the life and experience he had so that everything he thought could be destroyed. And Adonai could manifest what he wanted to manifest in the beginning. And so it was important that Joseph ended up in prison and forgotten. And once someone remembered about Joseph, they brought him out. And one of the first things that the king of Egypt did, he changed his name. God's way of saying, I don't want you to even identify with the person that heard and saw my voice. Because that person is still looking for some kind of retribution. That person is still looking for when is God's promises going to be fulfilled in my life. And that person doesn't understand my promises because my promises have nothing to do with persons. My promises have to do with my son. Not persons. Changes his name and we know that there's, a, there's a, 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 lots of food for seven years, and then there's seven years of famine. A famine comes, and his brothers, whom he had forgotten, you know, for anyone who's sitting here, well, ah, now, now, Joseph was just a, a nice believing boy. I don't know why when I'm, I'm mocking like religious stuff, I always speak with a southern accent. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I got to be delivered from a southern... Okay. Um, 
It's all right. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Okay. So it is important that a famine comes and you know that Joseph suffered and you know he suffered and he, was, he didn't have the revelation of God's plan. How do we know he suffered? He didn't even recognize that the position that God placed him in was a true fulfillment of what God had promised to him when he was a child because he, the names he gave his sons don't have anything to do with God's promises over him. He names his sons Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim, I believe, simply means that, you know, um, uh, I don't know, I, don't, I forgot what it means. Uh, and Manasseh, I forgot what that means too. But the names, the names... <laughs> The names do not speak of God's promises. It just speak about the fact that, you know, uh, I don't remember. I can't, I can't remember. I'm not going to force myself to remember. Go and read it for yourself. But I know that the names of these two sons have nothing to do with the promises of God. I just remember the second one. Even Manasseh, I believe, means that, that God has made me prosperous in the middle of my suffering. That has nothing to do with what he saw in those visions. Nothing at all. It just simply meant here, my life was really bad, but in the end, God sort of like took care of me. But none of what he had seen in those visions had been fulfilled. And so, Adonai begins to orchestrate the play perfectly. He causes the famine to come. His brothers come, not because they heard that their brother He's in Egypt. Here's where I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble. There was nobody passing out tracks to get his brothers to Egypt to accept their brother. There was nobody trying to convince them to go to Egypt because their brother is really not Afnaf Panay. It's really his brother. There was no one trying to convince them that he is their brother. Starvation forced them to go to the land of Egypt and bow down before what they thought was an Egyptian lord because they could not recognize and they could not recognize because he did not have the name. He did not speak their language. He did not look anything like anybody they would have known. As a matter of fact, if someone would have, during the starvation, if someone would have said to them, listen, I know you're starving, I know you're dying, and if you don't accept Joseph, you're going to go straight to hell. So hurry up and come and accept Joseph. The last place on earth they would have gone would have been to Egypt because they would have known if we go to Egypt, he will kill us for what we did to him. God orchestrates perfectly a famine in the people of Israel so that they desperately come to someone they can't recognize. And they bow down to Him because they're worshiping Him. No, they're bowing down because they said, We are done. You're done. We'll bow down in front of anybody. If it would have been the Pharaoh, they would have bowed down in front of the Pharaoh. If it would have been anybody... They would have bound down. Why? Because they were starving for food. You must understand this part of the story. And Joseph sees them. And the first thing that comes in his mind, I know, I know, I know. In our religious mind, well, Joseph is such a nice guy. He's like, oh, praise the Lord. They're my brothers. Well, I got to put them to a little test first. Are you kidding me? Joseph saw them. Joseph is human like you and I. Aha! Oh, oh, glory to God. 
That's what I'm talking about. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that when he saw his brothers and he has a realized the situation, the furthest thing from his mind was the promises of God because he saw, I know these guys! I know these guys! <laughs> Why would he have to test them? They already bowed down in front of them. Doesn't that symbolize the accepted the Lord? Thank you, you're in! <laughs> Baptize them in the name no, because he was not convinced. He saw them. And you must understand, they did not come to Egypt because they want to reconcile with their brother. They came to Egypt because they were starving. Amen. <laughs> As children of the living God, you, you want to know a prayer? That will activate this thing so that the, the maestro will take care of everything perfectly. Pray this prayer. Bring forth starvation in the children of Israel. That they'll search to the ends of the earth for food. And when they bow down for whoever will give them food, they will see Yeshua in the people who feed them. And then reconciliation will be made. Oh, this is a tough saying. Somebody leave the car running outside, man, I'll bust out of here. I can run fast. <laughs> I can run fast. We purposely set some of the older people in the aisles because they can't... <laughs> oh, stop them, stop them! <laughs> Too late. Okay. You must understand. You see, we have this little understanding that the story is a revelation of Messiah and His people. But we completely lose the fact that not a single one of His brother had gone to Egypt to make peace with His brother, to reconcile with His brother. If they would have known He was His brother, the last place they would have gone on earth would have been to Egypt. How do we know this? Because even after he forgave them, when their father died, what did they say? We need to make up a story. Amen. Remember that? Yes. Oh my Lord, are we understanding this? Yes. The importance that God is not calling us to go drag people, but to just call for hunger to come. So that they will come. But we haven't gotten to the point where the, 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 the unveiling, the unveiling salvation, the, uh, we haven't gotten to that point, but we are about to enter into that point. Speak a lot about the veil, the veil, the veil, the veil, the veil. You know the story, Joseph receives the man, he puts him through a variety of tests. He begins to realize that something has changed in them. These were the guys who killed somebody in their own understanding because they hated him. But starvation has caused them to come to a point in their life where they say, take my life and save my brother. It was starvation that caused them to begin to act in the way that they acted. And this began to break Joseph's heart. 
And the veil that is removed, and you got to hear this by the Spirit, it was not a veil that was removed from their eyes. It was the veil that was removed from Joseph when he realized what happened to me wasn't from them. It was from God. So they are not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. And he had a banquet, and he told anyone who did not belong to the family, get out. And he ran to his brothers and he embraced his brothers and he hang with me, hang with me, says, come unto me. I am your brother Joseph. And he took off his makeup. He revealed himself to them, not as Hafnafpaneah, but as Joseph, their brother. This awesome, amazing thing about this story is that God's promise to the children of Israel is not based on their ability to accept their brother, but 100% on the brother's amazing passion for his brothers that he will receive them, no matter what they think. Oh, I know, I know, I know. This is just like... How can this be? We're out there proselytizing all the time. God bless you. You can only work with the light that you have. But there's nothing in this story that speaks about proselytizing to the children of Israel. God put such a hunger in their heart, forced them to come for food. And their brother, the veil came from his eyes and he said, I get it. What happened to me was not your fault. And he says to them, listen guys, when you go get my dad, don't argue amongst yourselves because what happened to me didn't come from you. It came from God. And that which was intended for evil, God has turned to good. Hallelujah. Where is Afnafpaneah? Because after all, this story is thousands of years old. But the spirit of the story is alive in here today. Where is Avnafpaneya that the veil may come off of his eyes that he may recognize that everything that has happened to him came from God? The veil is removed when divine forgiveness is activated. Not human forgiveness. Human forgiveness is when someone does wrong thing to you and you're hurt for a while and then you decide, I'm going to forgive you. Whoop-de-doo. Human forgiveness is worth nothing. You know why? Because if you turn around and do it back again, they just forgave you. They have the spirit of forgiveness. Suddenly they don't have the spirit of forgiveness. Well, well you did it again and again. And Yeshua told us, in one day, we figured that out. It's like, it's like every, like, I don't know, 30 seconds or something. It doesn't matter, but it's like over and over and over and over. Human forgiveness requires that the person who's being forgiven now change their life so that they'll be worthy of you maintaining that spirit of forgiveness towards your brother. That's human forgiveness. It's flawed. Divine forgiveness is when you awaken to the reality that you cannot hold them guilty because what happened didn't come from them. It came from God to bring you to the place you are today and you praise God for it. And you stop trying to, to, to vindicate yourself. You stop trying to figure out when is my day coming because your day came on the day that the first harm was done to you no matter what that harm was. Where is Afnaf Today, Afnaf is sitting right in here. 
Because it is the same spirit of forgiveness of the living God that lives inside of you. It is Yeshua's spirit of forgiveness. Why does He forgive? Because He already paid for everything we've done. So He knows you cannot be held responsible for anything. Remember He was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Do you know why He said that? Because this in the Torah says, on the 14th day at twilight, all, all the community of Israel must slay the Lamb. Trust me, they had no idea what they were doing. They were fulfilling Torah without any understanding. And that's why He says, they're not guilty. <laughs> Adonai in His amazing mercy is wanting to awaken us up to a new level of not guilty. Because when your brothers and sisters from the house of Israel come starving, they need to run into that spirit. And it is Messiah in you that's going to reveal Himself to them and embrace them. It is the Messiah in you that receives them. They don't receive him. Oh God help us. Don't you get it? They don't receive him. He receives us. How can we not understand this? Adonai, we love you. We bless you, Father. We thank you, Father. We pray, Adonai, awaken in us. Awaken in us the same spirit that you woke inside of this Afnaf Pernaya who came with a disguise, but inside, we know very well had the spirit of the living God because he understood what you've done to me did not come from you, but it came from my Father. Then, then, when the lost sheep of the house of Israel come starving next to you, they will see in your eyes that you are a vessel of salvation and this is why Yeshua said if they receive you they receive me because it is I who lives in you here we are we refuse to enter into God's understanding of, 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 of true forgiveness and all messed up with our own dislikes and likes for everybody and everything. You think you're going to tell a Jew about the Lord? They need to see the Lord. They don't want to hear about the Lord. They need to see. And you are the closest thing they'll ever see to the King of Glory because the King of Glory does not live in Mars. He doesn't live in some galaxy. Everyone is praying this way. You know why God says to bow your head? Because the kingdom is here. So you look at God. You look down to the kingdom and you pray because He lives in your heart. You are the closest thing they'll ever see to the King of Glory until the King of Glory is then seated into their heart in God's time. I'm reminded of, of when I started out, you know, in, in, as, as a rabbi, I said, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I said, good. <laughs> <laughs> we can work with this. I don't know nothing. I don't know. I don't know. I never says Baruch Hashem. He says Baruch myself. Myself. Baruch myself. <laughs> But it was amazing. And I began to speak to me about the scripture that Yeshua said, if they receive you, they receive me. See, Paul, Shaul, understood this very well. Why? Because when that light came and punched him in the head, it didn't say, why are you messing with my people? 
it said, why are you messing with me? Uh, excuse me. I'm not messing with you. I'm messing with the believers. I am in them, and they are in me. You see, we're all waiting for the Antichrist. We're not the Antichrist. We don't understand the temple of the living God. It's you. The Antichrist is your own human brain denying the authority of Messiah in you and through you. Yes. Amazingly, I can come up here and people say, well, here's Rabbi Peter and Rabbi Peter's done this and he's done that. Is it that? Oh, praise the Lord. But if I come up and someone says, Yeshua's going to speak. Oh, no, 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 it's not Yeshua. Well, if it's not Yeshua, then nobody should be listening. <laughs> problem with this long list what I've achieved well I've done this I've written that I've written that I've written a Baruch it's great that you read all those things but if you wrote them they suck we want to hear what the king of glory has wrote through you through you what an amazing thing the day is coming the Lord would say the day is coming is that every autograph will be signed Yeshua Yeshua it's just that but that's that's the see my undercover name is Peter the name that God has placed on me is salvation because that's the only thing I want to hear Yeshua who gives everything for me and all he asks is that I be available for him to have a temple and I know this is a crazy temple, but I didn't choose it. He chose it. In the beginning, at the beginning of our hearing, there were some stones passed out. I want you to hold this stone. And I want you to, to, to just give Adonai permission to remind you of one instance of some wrong that someone has done to you that you have actually prayed and said, Lord, I need to be vindicated of this. I want you to realize that that musty, smelly stone represents your desire to be vindicated for what was done to you. Today, today, once that and I reveals to you what that is, I want you to lay that thing on the ground up here. Don't ever pick it up. And in your heart, speak to that situation and say, Father, forgive me because I thought they did this to me. I didn't realize that it is no longer I that live, but you who lives in me. So this wasn't done to me. This was done to you. And you allowed me to be a partaker, a sharer in the suffering because you're also allowing me to share in the glory. So today, I deny, I set my brother free, my sister free. I set this ministry free. I set this rabbi free. I set my dad free. I set my mom free. Even if I don't quite understand why you allow this to happen, you allowed it to happen because you want to bring me to a place of understanding, a place of understanding your awesome salvation. I deny, you are the greatest composer I don't know what part of the song we're in but I'm tired of carrying this memory I want to decrease and allow the king 
who was planted into this little vessel to praise and worship the Father. Shabbat is almost here. I want to for the first time. I want, I don't want to enter Shabbat. I want Yeshua in me to enter into that perfect rest with you. And I'm just, I'm just going to get on out of here. I'm just getting out of here. I'm just going to go ahead and let the sun that lives in me dance and worship you freely. And I give him permission to use my hands, my feet. I am tired of carrying the weight of these memories. I declare today that I have awakened. The veil has been removed from my eyes. It's no longer I that live, but Messiah who lives in me. I am not a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> Left with my own vices, I'm doomed. That's why I have to die. You know, when they mikvahed me, they should have just held me there a little longer. <laughs> I just want to show you die because most people, they come up, they're still alive. That's the problem. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. But, but I, I, uh, we're going we're gonna to open up the heavens with music. Uh, the reason why I felt led to, to use this time is, is because there isn't a class coming right afterwards. And, and, so, and so we'll open up the heavens with music. And, and just, just, if I deny, lead you to stay. Maybe you don't know how to get rid of this thing. Maybe you don't know how to get rid of it. That's okay. I deny knows. Give him a chance. He is the husbandman. He's the one who takes care of the field. We are the field that has the rocks in it, the hard ground, the weeds. But he's the one who tends the vineyard. <laughs> Let him come through your heart and begin to pick out what he needs to pick out so that your heart will be perfect soil to house the seed that you were impregnated in. So that Messiah will rise with healing in his wings. He just needs a little house. Yeshua once said and continues to say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Do you think that's some building somewhere? He's still saying, I was glad when they said to me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. He keeps just bouncing in and in. He just keeps going into the house of the Father. I got to say this. I haven't got shot yet, so I think I'm still okay. Yeshua gave us an amazing, amazing, amazing revelation of what he was doing. You got to remember, every generation is never pleased with what God is manifesting today. They all want to talk about what he did yesterday and what he's going to do tomorrow. But when the Spirit of God shows up today, people want him dead. All the time. Whether it's through Moses, whether it's through Joseph, it doesn't matter. This generation does the same thing. Yeshua said, In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. We just said it. Where is the Father's house? Hello, dwelling places of the Father's house. <laughs> this isn't very complicated. 
I'm not all that bright. I can figure this out with God's grace. Where's the Father's house? Right here. He said, in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I have to go and prepare a place. When you accepted him, where did he go? Oh, you thought he was preparing a place for you to live in? No, he's preparing the dwelling place so God can live in you. He's the one who's going to live in the mansion, not you. You're the mansion. Hang in there. Hang in there. It gets better. Why? Because we begin to see that God is using you as a vessel of salvation. A vessel of Yeshua. To the world. To the lost sheep of Israel. Whatever they get, you get. Whatever he decides when tomorrow, that's his business. But I am so consumed by what he's doing today. And today, these beautiful little vessels of the house of God heard a little something that activated <coughs> that, that little Yeshua that just wants to like, get me out! <laughs> so that he can mature. Well, that's a nice message and all, but the harvest is coming. We need to be prepared. We got to get souls saved. See, we don't understand. The harvest is not for people who have accepted Yeshua. The harvest is for the people who have matured into Yeshua. Because the seed is the anointed one. Who would plant seed into dirt and then harvest the dirt? Who would plant seed into the dirt and then when the thing grows a little bit, oh, I believe, I believe, you're harvested. <laughs> that thing needs to mature until it becomes the likeness of the seed that was placed in the dirt. The harvest is not telling people about the Lord. It's allowing the Lord to mature in the people. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Uh, just give Adonai, just, just a moment to say, listen, this, this stone is a memory of something that was done to you. How about this? Forget something that was done to you. How about something that you did that you can't seem to let go of? And, and, and you can't hear this message because Satan next to you is saying, that can't be for you. How dare you claim equality with the Son? And you have to say, I don't He." is the one who's claimed equality with me. He says, the glory my Father has given me, I give you, and I give you authority to forgive. Only God can forgive. Like I said, I give you authority to forgive. Only God can I give you authority to forgive. What's your problem? <coughs> See, the enemy refuses to allow us to cross the line and say, you know what, for me to live is Yeshua. You go to all your unsafe family and you say, well, tell us about Yeshua.
<laughs> oh, I brought this. You, you know what's so funny? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello? Not guilty. You're not guilty. <laughs> okay. This I, I brought this for a reason, and and then and we're gonna get to the Adonai really ministering to our hearts, uh, uh, because it's so important, so important. Uh, this is what we're doing. Okay, the seed, the real plant, has been planted into us. We refuse to become one with the plant. And what do we do? We go tell other people, let me tell you about the plant. The Lord is beautiful. There it is. He died on a tree. There it is. That's it. Who's going to listen to that story? They need to see it. They need to see it. Stop handing out tracks. Become the track. Why do you think he was always talking about himself in the third person? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not even going to go there. <laughs> Doesn't he know who he is? <laughs> always speaking about the Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man. We are sons and daughters of men, carrying the seed, which is the Son of God, in us. So I'm going to ask the... the, 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 the um, Romance song players to open up the heavens with a little romance <laughs> and um, um, if, if we could just play some, some music, open up the heavens um, and um, go when Adonai tells you to go stay as long as Adonai leads you to stay but don't leave until you take that memory and say, Adonai, I will not pick this memory up again. Because what happened to me with this memory came from you and not from the people who hated me. And you're welcome to come up and, and, and just put that down there on the floor. You're welcome to come up and lay on the floor. I'm not going anywhere. We'll stay here. And this Shabbat, imagine experiencing Shabbat where you're totally decreased and Yeshua inside of you gets to celebrate. Can you imagine that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to sit anywhere. You can put down your stone. You can stay on the floor. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy One. Holy one, holy one, thank you, Father. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I am not disappointed in you. As someone here who just feels this, this constant condemnation and you can't shake it, Adonai is saying to you, the things you did wrong, I allowed you to do wrong because I needed you to be in a certain place. 
Go to him as your dad. Punch him in the chest. Reason with him. Cry out to him and say, Adonai, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I don't like it, but I surrender. I thought I had a better plan. But your plan is perfect. Your plan is perfect, Adonai. Your plan is perfect. I have a zeal for the house of Israel, but forgive me for thinking I have a greater zeal than you. You, you will not let your people go into Sheol because you have a greater plan. In all of creation, nothing is more beautiful than the plan of creation as it speaks about salvation. You didn't need our help to create anything else. You certainly don't need our help now. You just need us to be available for you to have your complete way through us. Thank you, Father.